0: Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, November 7, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot of stuff to go over today. You see some lines running this way and that way, up and down or across the screen. I'm going to go over those in a few moments. We're also going to talk about a very, very, very uber important time frame that we're coming into tomorrow. And yes, you guessed it. It happens to be a tinfoil hat event. So let me just say this before we go any farther. Regardless of which way the market goes, and we're going to discuss both sides. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. Regardless of which way the market goes, They're going to release energy into the markets following tomorrow. It doesn't have to be exactly on tomorrow, but energy will come into the market. Energy will be released from the market. The market is going to move. We'll circle back to that stuff in a few moments. Let's go to the charts. What's jumping off the page? Let's start with the really big picture, and let's just one more time go over what we have on the table in terms of our head and shoulders patterns. So the big one comes in that was developed really around the summer of this year, and they started down, and then they came up short of the target that really has the market down in the 340s. Okay, fair enough. It's still active. Doesn't mean it can't come down later. There's no timing on a head and shoulders completion. This is just one of these patterns that comes out of the teachings from Garden Variety Technical Analysis, and that's what we're going over at present. The other one is an inverse head and shoulders variety. Now this one was formed off the recent low in October, and we have triggered the inverse portion of the head and shoulders pattern that puts the target somewhere up in this neighborhood. Now. They haven't got to target yet. They don't have to get to target. They haven't got to target on either head and shoulders pattern. We have a pattern inside of another pattern. It's an interesting situation. Let's say the market continues up. Do they have a chance to complete the inverse head and shoulders pattern? We'll call it 395 plus or minus something on either side for argument's sake. The answer is, yes, they can. The flip side is, what happens if we get a failure? And a failure is going to be noticed if they get below the neckline and recapture it in the southern direction. Close daily below this neckline, it takes the inverse head and shoulders pattern off the table, and we're back focusing on the downside because what would happen is the same energy that would normally be released in the northern direction out of the inverse head and shoulders pattern is now reversing in this scenario and will then be released in the southern direction hence putting back on the table the original head and shoulders formation formed this summer that's a mouthful you might want to rewind the tape and listen to that one again get out your sticky notes how do we know which way the market's going to go based on the election after the election Just so happens the election happens on the tinfoil hat event. Now, let's talk about that for a second. I said I would circle back to this. We're circling right now. So we've got the tinfoil hat, and what we've got is a lunar eclipse. We had a solar eclipse a couple of weeks ago. We have a lunar eclipse coming tomorrow morning. I believe it's at 6.02 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, if I'm not mistaken. So here's the thing, if you just take the thing in a vacuum and say, well, what happens to the market when we have a similar event? Now, this isn't just your ordinary father's Oldsmobile type of lunar eclipse. There's a certain type of planetary alignment that's taking place that really has only happened a few times in the past, and it's only scheduled to happen, at least as far as I can see, the next one doesn't happen for like another 40 years. So this is a rare event. When I see things like a rare event, what do you do? Well, you dig deeper. You want to peel back the onion. What happened around those rare events? Well, you start to uncover some other things, and I'm going to kind of crunch it together without going through the detail. As far as the market's concerned, I can draw one event down to 1938, and the market had this event. It was on the same day, November 7th, because this is a Lunar eclipse, which means it's astrological, which means it happens on the same day whenever it happens. We've got a new moon, which coincides with the eclipse. And when the same configuration, and this isn't the only configuration, I'm talking about the actual planets that are in the same configuration now that they were in 1938, 1957, 2003, and will again be in 2068. This is my own work. Somebody has other work that contradicts this, fine. Go have a conversation, post it under the video. I'm happy to open up the forum. I'm not an expert in this stuff. I do the best I can. So in 1938, the market came out of this time period, went down, but in 1957, it went up. So you're one and one, so you got nothing. 2003, it went down, but for a very short period of time. And here we are in 2022. So we don't have any evidence about a direct impact of the market. One was up for a while, one was down for a while, and one was down for a short period of time. So we really don't have any good, solid evidence. But what we do have when we dig deeper is we can expect some tension slash some conflict. So where does that draw you? Well, it draws me toward the election. There's going to be a contested election in some parts of the country, any way you look at it. Whether red wins or blue wins, the other side's going to say it was a screw job, it was a fixed job, it was three guys in a room that stuffed the ballot box, whatever they want to say. Both sides, by the way, and this is fact because it's all on videotape, both sides, based on whichever election we're talking about, have what's called, and they're calling, election deniers. They conveniently forget, and we're not going to name names, it really doesn't matter. All I'm saying is, Both sides do the same thing. So regardless of whether you're blue or you're red, doesn't matter. We're going to get tension after this election. And here's the fear. The fear is it unfolds or morphs into civil unrest that morphs into something else that morphs into something much more widespread that certainly can impact the markets. And why is that? Because... Not that a direct price relationship between Procter & Gamble or IBM or Netflix or whatever other stock or Apple is in direct relation to something that might happen in the election. What happens is the social mood shifts. And when the mood shifts, who trades in the market? Who invests in the market? Who has to feel positive or might feel negative? And it might or does impact what they do in the markets. And that is... You, me, and everybody else. The market is driven by human emotion. So that's why everything ends up to be a full circle because everything's linked together because everything really is top-down or bottom-up, however you want to look at it. Everything is either an inverse or a regular-way pyramid situation in addition to being full circle. Could they do a two-way situation, meaning could they spike the market up maybe through tomorrow, make it look like whoever's winning is winning, and it's going to be a happy day for the market, and then all of a sudden you wake up Wednesday, and then you realize, wait a minute, everything isn't we thought as it was, we don't have election results in these places, one, two, three, four, five, therefore we have what's called a hanging chad. We don't know the information and therefore there's uncertainty which may or may not have an impact on the market right away. However, all these things are going to play out. It's just a matter of how they play out and how they impact the markets and whether or not they impact the markets. And here's the other thing. Everybody's talking about a red sweep. Well, guess what? When everybody talks about one thing, what's likely to happen? Not that one thing. So we don't know what's going to happen. Let's say it's not a red sweep. Let's say there's a split. Well, gridlock isn't necessarily a bad thing for the market. Gridlock is generally good for the market because Congress slash Washington really can't get anything done in a gridlock, and that's better for everybody. Let's look a little deeper into the daily chart of the SPY. There's a couple of things that we want to note. So already, we had the backtest of the neckline of the inverse head and shoulders. We already know about that. We know about that from last Thursday. So in terms of the market doing the thing it normally does, it came back to run a test, it bounced off the line, it back-tested again on Friday, and here we are trending higher. So what we do have is a low, a higher low, and a third higher low, or a second higher low after the original low. So that's a positive sign, that's a short-term uptrend. So you tip your cap to the bull case and the inverse head and shoulders case. The problem is, You have the tinfoil hat event, so everything can shift or it can accelerate beginning tomorrow and beyond. If they do spike them higher, they're going to start to run into overhead resistance where? Well, first of all, even before or right around and slightly above the 100 period moving average. Once you start to get into the higher portion of the big time breakdown candle, which is The one over here from the second of this month, once you start to approach the top of that candle, you're going to get into naturally overhead resistance. And by the way, what else is up there? You have the recent high. So we know that that's important also, meaning this. The market ran up to that spot. That was the last spot, right? That was the last tick before they were rejected. Which means that price, for whatever the market's reason is at the time, was an important price. They came down. If they're going to run back, this is the bull case. If they're going to run back and test that, we have a couple of things working. A, there's overhead resistance because we know that was important. It's also a big-time breakdown candle high, 100-period moving average on the daily chart. So all those things say that's going to be overhead resistance. The other side of that is getting above, we have our leg up, which is the A leg, the B leg down, and if they're going to complete the C leg, which is also on the way to complete the inverse head and shoulders pattern, just depends on how you want to look at the market. There's a lot of different ways to look at it. Any way you look at it, if they get above here, that begins to open the door. It doesn't mean they're going to stay above there for more than a few minutes, couple of hours, or a day until they do, But if they start closing hourly above there and then daily above there, it's going to begin to open the door for, A, the completion of the inverse head and shoulders pattern, also overhead resistance, and could they potentially, potentially get to the point where they actually run a test of the underside of the original head and shoulders neckline. That's a little far-fetched at this point. However, you have to look at both sides of the tape. You have to come to the game prepared for anything. Getting below the inverse head and shoulders neckline is the bear case. So we have the bull case, the bear case, and now we can move it along. Let's check out inside the numbers. We had the happy Monday, wake up green with some follow through. Trading up into the election, let's get right into the figures. Let's say they stay up by the opening bell and continue. This is the bull case early on at zero dark 30. One of the most important numbers on the board today could serve as our early pivot, 378.87. So this is a bird's eye eyeball view at zero dark 30. We're looking at 378.87. Let's go to the videotape. Now we're looking at a five minute chart right at the vertical is today's activity. 378.87 as you can see horizontally running across the screen, wasn't really overhead resistant this morning. It was important, and you'll see why in a moment when I shrink down the chart and we'll understand where the numbers came from today. But as you can see, when they got above this morning's high, they had a different destination in mind. We'll get to more of that later. It will become clear as we go along. Above opens the door to somewhat of a vacuum up to 380.75 for starters. The high of day wasn't far off, it was 380.57. However, they made a valiant attempt. We had some higher stuff above that if needed. We didn't need it, so let's not worry about it. What if they don't begin to give the appearance of failure? The first line of defense will be a test of Friday's closing price, 376.35. That's normal, that's called filling the gap. They do that kind of stuff all the time. Below that starts to look like a spike of 375 would be in the cards, yada, yada. So let's move along, see what else we have. We're talking about looking in pictures. We think better in pictures. So I posted this on the board pretty early today, long before the market opened, because I thought it was important to get a sense of where they were from a big picture perspective. What are they trying to do? And when you put something like this on the board at zero dark 30 or first thing in the morning before the open, it's not necessarily the final target of the day or anything like that. But this is a obvious target. It was a Twitter worthy target. So I made a tweet. So let's see what this was. We have a big time breakdown candle high and a 100 period moving average at the same price. And the chart looked like this this morning. There's your 100 period moving average. I know it's a little hard to see. And then you have the big-time breakdown candle high. We're looking at an hourly chart. This is what it looked like this morning on the hourly chart. This is the big-time breakdown candle high. There's your 387.87. There's your 100-period moving average. And there's your run into that target in the first hour of the day. Why? Because it was an obvious thing. Those places are magnetic. So above the breakdown candle high is where the vacuum situation begins. And I put that in here. And they don't simply waltz on through. And they didn't. And I put that in here. So, what we said here is markets can climb up the big breakdown candles. They like to do that. Sometimes they run a test around the highs, other times they come close, meaning short of the high. Either way, from a concept standpoint, that general area up there is overhead resistance. And under normal garden variety markets, they don't simply waltz on through. So, if we do this, Adjust the line down to 378, accounting for sometimes they come up short, sometimes they bust it through, but the general area around the highs and around the same place is that 100 period moving average, which by chance coincidentally, and we know there are no accidents or coincidences, but coincidentally was in the same place. So if we adjust the line down and go back to the chart and say, hey, They ran up there because it's magnetic, they got sucked up there, and they're not gonna just waltz on through. So in theory, and this stuff is taught in the course Lazy E-mini Trader, all this stuff is in the course. Sometimes I describe it different ways in these videos, but it's all in the course. They're not gonna just waltz through it most of the time. So what does that mean? Either they're gonna run sideways or they're gonna have a pullback. If you look at a short-term chart, they had a pullback. If you look at an hourly chart, They ran sideways for a while, up in that neighborhood, going back and forth in what we like to call a chop shop formation. And then after eating time off the clock, building energy to make another push higher, they did exactly that. And then they made the secondary push higher to where? Heading for the 50 period moving average and that other price that we talked about before, 380.75. This is the kind of stuff you get each and every day. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. A trader could have, if he's a short or she's a short-term scalp-type trader, or at least to start out that way, they could have scalped that price up there in the neighborhood of those highs, knowing where they were wrong. Where were they wrong? Closing above the high opens the door for another leg higher. So that was a legitimate scalp-trade opportunity. But wait, there's more. Before the opening bell, we like to get our handle on the pivot. For now, our early pivot is going to be 377.65. Below keeps the door open for a nearby number of 377 and lower, and the lower is really the gap around 376.35. Above keeps the door open for a push to the high of the breakdown candle. And what you'll see as we go through the notes is there was your zone. The important number slash pivot was 377.65. Below 377, she ran into trouble. It was a zone. It was an important place. They traded back and forth, back and forth, in and around, slightly above, slightly below that zone, until they were ready to break out and make another move higher to challenge the high of the breakdown candle. It pays to know the pivot and your numbers. There was the gap at 376.35, and what you'll also see in the notes were in the live room, Jordan and company with some of the traders in the room took the long trade from the gap back up for a minimum of a scalp trade with potential. There were some exits along the way, and then they came back down, but either way, there was profitability to be had. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. I gave you the synopsis, I like that word, synopsis of what happened. Everything is in here, I give you the detail in real time throughout the trading day. In here, on your own time, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. Two possible things are going on, we'll just highlight one more thing. If you look at an hourly chart, they're reading time off the clock, building energy for another move higher, or something else is going on, but that is what was going on, so they need to get above 377.65. Once they do, it lights the match for the next leg higher, yada, yada. Read the notes, pause the video, go back to the charts. Stock's on the move today. We only had two issues on the board. We were getting one of those floater operations, and keep in mind, we're waiting on the election. GSK didn't hit its entry objective, so it's off the board. And D did, so we'll take a look at the chart. D, Dominion Energy, they didn't really do the deal. They tried to bounce at the first number. They bounced at the third number. They came lower. They bounced back to the second number. This one was kind of a mini slider. Depending on what you did with the trade, some folks get impatient with it and they just say, hey, look, I'm going to get out of this thing. It's not moving. Other traders wrote it down, waited for an hourly close, had a little bit of a shitburger slash slider. So it just didn't work, it's just one of those trades that didn't work. That happens in this business, we move on. But before we do, I'll make mention that the promise is we always look at the good, the bad, and the ugly no matter what it was, what it is. If you see more good than bad and ugly, then we're doing something right. You're always gonna see some of the other side. It's just the way this works. What's going on in Camp IWM? Well, they're trying to do the same routine. They're trying to climb the big breakdown candle the one that was printed on the second. So whether they can or they can't, a lot of it's gonna hinge on what the overall shift in the market's going to be. Is it an acceleration? Is it a shift back in the other direction? Is there a delay for a day or so? Do we have the civil unrest? And that's what really unfolds, the mood swings and the whole other thing where the market is really the tail end of that to an extent. All that is on the table, we don't know, We're not going to say we do know. We're going to watch it like a movie, get out the popcorn, and we're going to act or react according to what the market tells us the next major move is. I'm looking for certain things to take place. There are trade setups on the board. Got to wait for them to show the hand. What about the folks down at the transportation department? We've got a canary in the coal mine working. So we have a similar situation, only different. So check this out. We have a low, higher low, higher low, higher low. We've already completed on an official basis getting above the high over here if you think this is an ABC, and it's not really. I mean, it is, but it's not. It has already become a stair-step situation. This is an uptrending market getting above this 100-period moving average and the most recent high. They poked their head up above today, they didn't close above, and the high I'm talking about is here. It's 13741 and change, the close is slightly less, just by a couple of bucks or so. So what we do know is that that's an important spot. They already told us that today. Now, not closing above there today isn't necessarily a big deal. Again, all this stuff is hinging on one another, but if the transports are a canary in the coal mine, my second... Favorite market-leading indicator, and I've told you this for years, if it's any indication, unless it's a fake-out operation, if this is any indication, we're going to see an acceleration higher in the market before anything happens in the southern direction. Now, we don't know that, but if we're using this as any kind of indication, that's what this is telling us. I'm willing to put it as a puzzle piece on a sticky note. It's on the table. Not a bad day for the Q people. They're also leading the charge in terms of relative strength or relative weakness, up a little bit more than the SPY. They're also doing the same routine, but they're really weak on the chart. They're in a poor position on the chart relative to or as compared to the transports we just looked at, for example. This is really weak, below all the moving averages. Again, keep in mind, all this stuff, one way or the other, is a bounce and a downtrend. The question is, Do we get a bigger bounce before the next leg down, or do we get the next leg down before the bigger bounce? How you doing? Right now, at present, best scenario for the Q people is to get to maybe slightly through the 20-period moving average, get toward the upper portion, maybe upper third, upper 25% of that big breakdown candle. That's about all you could hope for right now until proven otherwise from the Q people. What are the financials saying? Well, the financials are saying, hey, we're in pretty good shape. We look like the transports just not as good yet. They missed the 200 period moving average, coming back to test the highs. That's not the destination. If they're going to get above the high, they're going to go above the 200 period moving average and go where? I've already given you the number like a week or so ago 3550, give or take. And that doesn't have to be the end of the line. So at present, we're not getting bearish indications from the financials. The transports, both of which put together make up a large chunk of the S&P. Of note, puzzle piece on the table. While we're at it, let's look at another big chunk of the S&P. How about the XLE? How about making new recent highs? How about not looking bearish? How about in an uptrend? Another chunk, when you put these three chunks together, financials, energy, transports, these are a big component combined, each independent of each other and combined of the SP. So they're not telling you things are melting down, falling away, falling apart. Doesn't mean you can't get a reversal. We're just talking about what the charts are saying at present. What about Smash Mouth? Testing slash challenging its last breakdown candle high in the sequence. 195.42, high today, 195.71, no accidents or coincidences. We know that you get above. What does it do? It opens the door to fill the gap. The gap is at 200 and change. That's where they're headed on at least the hint of a spike higher. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.